Yeah, I'd like a hot dog all the way, please. Coming up. Here you go. Thank you. Ew. What, what is this? That's a corn-based hot dog flavored tube-shaped thing. It's, uh, it's almost good. That'll be $4.50. You know what? No thanks. If almost good enough isn't good enough for you, why would it be good enough for your pet? Add kennel kelp to your furry friend's diet. Sprinkled on your pet's food, kennel kelp helps with arthritis pain and stiff joints. It can also reduce shedding, fill in missing areas, and improve their looks. Healthy pets show even more energy and have better attitudes. See results in four to eight weeks. The good news is, kennel kelp isn't just for pets. It's good for you, too. Sprinkle it on your cereal or use it instead of table salt when seasoning your food. Kennel kelp is the holistic care solution for pets and their people. Safe for dogs, cats, birds, cows, chickens, reptiles, almost anything that walks, flies, or slithers. It's a holistic health solution for humans, too. To learn about their many products, visit kennelkelp.com. Get kennel kelp for a happier, healthier life. Okay, welcome back, and thanks for doing so. Deep, calming breath, and let's pick up where we kind of left off in the last show, visiting the history of radio. And I want to isolate in this first segment of the show today, the 1920s decade. I visited this archivally a little bit, so I want to add to it. Welcome back to the BH Sales Kennel Kelp Holistic Healing Hour. And our ongoing journey through the fascinating world of history and radio history, and as it eventually led to the onset of radio podcasting, and then at the tail end of the show, we visit where radio podcasting stands in 2024. As we speak, pun intended, goofing around a little bit. And I asked a couple of、uh, provocative, hopefully perceived as such, probing questions in the description today. Please do interact at the polls. This accentuates a couple of things: continuing to enrich the shows moving forward, and as I have more and more guests in the isolated expertise within all the categories I talk about: food, the mind, the body, and the soul. And this radio theme. Uh, conversation. Stay tuned because I'm going to get fellow podcasters and my guests' opinions on this matter because they're integral in helping me rejuvenate my own radio show and taking it in a little bit different direction in the way of perception as how we play to the five senses. Concentrating on listening, so let's revisit the 1920s and capturing the hearts of the airwaves via serial radio in that decade, particularly influenced so much my mom way back when, my dad, and certainly my grandparents and that generation as to how imperative and important. Radio was on entertainment, the social communication, the political front. So, capturing the hearts on the airways, the 1920s witnessed the rise of serial radio dramas, captivating audiences with their ongoing storylines that unfolded over multiple episodes. 
these shows offered a powerful escape into fictional worlds, fostering a sense of community. Key point: sense of community as families gathered around the radio to follow the adventures and misadventures of their favorite characters. So one show that I talked about briefly in the archive shows, it very much was of social commentary, and very much controversial in the twenties, was the famous Amos and Andy, one of the most popular yet most controversial shows of that era, and probably still to this day. And I joked around a little bit. Can you imagine Amos and Andy in this world platform? Environment on exactly what they talked about in the twenties. This comedy centered around two black characters portrayed by white actors using stereotypical dialects and mannerisms. Now, please, everybody, let's not go out and do anything crazy. Hear this through. It's history in its truest form. So it also offered a glimpse into the lives of Black Americans during a time of significant social change, sparking important conversations about race relations in the 1920s, even through its problematic portrayal. It got high ratings. Family entertainment also took center stage in the 1920s with the. Goldbergs. Okay, it also saw the emergence of shows like the Goldbergs, specifically aimed at families. The Goldbergs, being an example of a heartwarming sitcom, followed the lives of a Jewish family in New York City. And I'm using my quotation fingers in the studio here. I'm not on camera. Unintended. We're talking about radio podcasting and radio broadcasting. These family hour quotation fingers programs provided wholesome entertainment that resonated with audiences of all ages, showcasing the power of the radio to unite families through shared laughter and heartwarming stories. So beyond the laughter in the same decade, radio also served as a platform for social commentary in the twenties, where much of the focus, in a nice combination, was a blend of entertainment. The radio also served as a powerful tool for social commentary. Shows like the Collier Hour. And great moments in history, so titled, back in the twenties, tackled critical issues and historical events, sparking discussions within society. Emphasis on, emphasis on. Please listen to the verbiage. All due respect. Please listen to the verbiage. They tackled critical issues and historical events, sparking. Discussions, discussions, healthy ones at that, within society. These programs demonstrate the multifaceted nature of early radio, 
not solely as a source of entertainment, but also as a platform for social discourse in education and discourse, healthy discourse. Serial radio, 1920s radio, golden age of radio, radio history, family entertainment, social commentary, and representation does matter then and now. The enthralling world of the 1920s. <clears throat> Serial radio, Amos and Andy. Again, a controversial look at social commentary. Laughter and love. The family entertainment takes the airwaves. Beyond the giggles, radio as a platform for change. Tuning into history, the legacy of the 1920s radio. These are just examples of other series within that decade. The 20s radio landscape was rich and diverse, offering many more fascinating stories to explore, which I intend to do. Hopefully, you'll all join me. Moving forward, and stay with me. It's not just about the 1920s; it's the history. And we're going to come up with the 30s, 40s, and 50s in just a moment. So keep on exploring and stay tuned for the next episode. And we're not leaving just yet, you lucky dogs. I'm teasing a little bit of the next historical radio journey, which we'll continue to do. So let's continue a little bit before we go to the 10-second break. Reminding everyone that the next succession will be the 1930s, then the 40s, then the 50s, and then we'll segue into a little bit at the closing, like I have archivally, about the history of radio podcasting and where the history of radio broadcasting created that whole genre, and it plays to the five senses. Accentuating hearing. That goes to our heart-brain coherence sessions that we also talk about. Let's take that ten-second break, and we'll come back with an overview of the 1930s. The golden age of radio takes flight. We'll be right back. Okay, deep calming breath. Thanks for being there. And let's continue. Let's jump right into the golden age of radio takes flight. The 1930s. The 1930s are often referred to as the golden age of radio, with serial dramas reaching their peak popularity during that decade. You know, over the onset, pretty much. From the 20s, more popularity with a 10-year indoctrination, wetting, wetting the appetites for more audio. Trying to lay a groundwork here for a theme on research, wetting the appetite for more audio. There was no television yet. Okay, so the 1930s. Are often referred to again as the golden age of radio, with serial dramas reaching their peak popularity. These shows captivated audiences with innovative storytelling, suspenseful cliffhangers, and iconic characters, much like the Lone Ranger and the Shadow. 
which I highlighted both yesterday. Lone Ranger, when it eventually came to television, more up my alley, as I was born in 1954. I did come in on the backside of serial radio, and I and I remember the Lone Ranger、uh, radio serial show, and I intimated and talked about. I did indeed have a 78 phonographic collection of the entire Lone Ranger series. Wait till I tell you what happened. <laughs> that not so much. Wow, that must be worth a lot of money. But it was indeed, especially from the nostalgia element of it. And the great William Conrad, who later became canon. In the detective series on television back in the '60s. Okay, you're gonna make me tell you, huh? I also went back, and I want to stay on theme here. When I was younger, I had a really impressive record album collection to include these radio serial shows, much like The Lone Ranger. Well, way back in the '70s, I think, or late '60s, probably extremely late '60s. Very early 70s, I sold my entire record collection, and I had. We'll get to the record collection, but the Lone Ranger series alone, especially when you go back and you can't change history. A lot that we talk about—that's one that still burns a hole in my heart. Okay, so I got sidetracked a little bit. The Lone Ranger radio show, wise, and the Shadow. I remember both of them. The Shadow knows. We talked about that a little bit. So, radio became the family hearth. Using my quotation fingers around the fireplace, around the potbelly stove, that was indeed the atmosphere in most living rooms, abodes, or what have you, in that time frame. And they gathered around whatever night a show was on. You know, the weekly series on Tuesday night or whatever was a mainstay of Western culture in American society. They captivated audiences again. With innovative storytelling and suspenseful cliffhangers that would leave you on the end of one, salivating to get to the next episode. That populace at the time and all you jokesters know I wasn't there in the 30s. I came along in the 50s. My parents and grandparents were, and a couple of my sisters. And there would have been babies in the 30s. But they came along in the '30s, and my other sister came along in the '40s, and then <laughs> the old proverbial Saturday night. Whoops! How did that happen? If you will, along came Grandpa Bill in the 1950s. Pretty late in my parents' lives, the proverbial oops. <laughs> okay, so the '30s, jumping back. The radio did indeed become the family environment around the fireplace, the hearth, or what have you. During the '30s, one of the many stalwarts was Arthur Godfrey, the versatile entertainer. From, I remember reruns and then his television show later on, but I remember it because my parents were so indoctrinated to it. I got read. Introduced later via radio, obviously in replays, in years, for me, after their inception. So in the 30s, Arthur Godfrey 
and his talent scouts show was a prominent show, and it actually extrapolated into the '40s and probably became more notoriety in the '40s. Godfrey, a charismatic host, combined music, comedy, and talent discovery, launching the careers of many future stars. And this show exemplified the versatility of radio, showcasing its ability to entertain and cultivate new talent. So we kind of quickly just highlighted a couple of the shows: Lone Ranger and the Shadow in the '30s. In the very late '30s, I think Arthur Garfield had a presence in the very late '30s, but became. Big Bang in the '40s, so we're now in the '40s. The Gary Moore Show comedy took center stage in the 1940s. It saw the rise of his own show, The Gary Moore Show, offering side-splitting comedy sketches and variety acts. Gary Moore, a master of improvisation, entertained millions with his quick wit and relatability humor. That show demonstrated the enduring power of radio to deliver laughter and lighthearted entertainment. Again, that emulated into a TV career for him in the late '50s. I've got a secret. And quickly, one of my magnetic memory methods, mnemonics, Harry Lovane. I remember watching the show when Harry Lovane remembered. Like 250 people in the audiences as they stood up and introduced, "Hey, hi, I'm Mr. and Mrs. Smith from Brooklyn, New York, or whatever," and then he remembered each and every one of them. It was fascinating. We'll talk about that at one of my. Harry Lovane will be a subject on one of my upcoming shows in that regard. That's how Grandpa Bill's memory, pun intended, works. All of these things visual—they were part of my childhood. Late on the radio, but it's. But listening to the radio, and of course the onset of television, which we talked about in the '50s, and I'll highlight that. And I have television in other shows. Okay, then there was the infamous going back to the '30s, playing ping pong a little bit, bouncing back, and off the corral rails that Grandpa Bill does a little bit. The doors a job before I go to pasture. By the way, not out there yet. And you guys and gals will all have to come and give me a carrot and an apple when I'm out to pasture. That's an inside joke with my granddaughter. Humor, you know, or attempt at. Orson Welles and the power of sound in the 1930s was a phenomenon. While not strictly a serial drama for him, the highlight forever and ever was Orson Welles' 1938 radio adaptation of H.G. Wells' *The War of the Worlds*. It's definitely etched in the history of radio history, and just in history, the realistic portrayal at that time of a totally fabricated radio podcast of an alien invasion caused widespread panic, highlighting the immense power of the radio to evoke emotions and influence public perception. Just on that one alone. And of course, in the '30s, stage-wise, never forget *Reefer Madness* in '39, and *The Wizard of Oz*. And we'll talk about the real messages behind both of those movies and have 
but those were influential, not so much radio-wise in the thirties. Reefer Madness and the Wizard of Oz. Lucille Ball and Jack Benny, rapidly jumping up into the very early fifties. The nineteen fifties witnessed the rise of the classic American sitcom and sitcoms plural. Much like I Love Lucy, that was the radio show's onset pre-television, and then of course. Their wonderful television series, same premise for the Jack Benny Show. Radio in the fifties did witness the rise of the classic American sitcom, with shows like I Love Lucy and the Jack Benny Show dominating the airways in the fifties. And I can vouch for that. I was very young, very young, born in fifty-four. But especially in the mid '50s, television was here. I talked about that, and I was more indoctrinated into the old radio stars via the television. But because of my parents' love of the serial radios and my sisters and so forth, I did get a taste of that for the appreciation of the radio side of it. So of course, Lucille Ball's comedic genius and Jack Benny's iconic deadpan humor captivated audiences, solidifying their place in radio and television history. And the list is multitudinous. Milton Berle. We'll get to all of them in upcoming series. So, just to recap, as we slowly start to phase out, and we'll come back for one more session. Well, we've entertained and talked about the golden age of radios, the '30s, the '40s, the '50s, the serial dramas, the radio comedies, the radio legends, and the broadcast history from the median itself. When we went way back, a couple of our cargo shows about the creation of radio, Mark Coney and Tesla, and their tempestuous <laughs> relationship on. Patent rights and who did what, and Marconi basically gets the consensus in most arenas as to the creator of the radio. So, episode titles that we've kicked around, goofing around a little bit over the shows, plural. Lone Ranger rides again, exploring the 1930s radio dramas. Arthur Godfrey, the versatile voice of the 40s. Laughter in the War Years, the Gary Moore Show. Orson Welles in *The Martian Panic*, the enduring power of radio that I just mentioned, the 1938 classic. I love Lucy and the rise of the sitcom, radio to television, and posing the question: Did video kill the radio star? It's just a glimpse into the remarkable world of serial radio beyond the 20s. Each decade contributed its own unique stories, voices, social commentary, and innovations to the history of this captivating medium. Let's take a deep breath, and we'll come back. And I'm going to segue out on what I did yesterday: the onset of radio podcasting, and take a look from the year 2000 when it really was born, with the Podfather and Godfather. Adam Curry, and we'll take a look at also David Weiner and the innovators and creators and stalwarts 
in the onset of radio podcasting. We'll be right back for the last part of today's episode. Go probably another ten minutes. Thanks for joining us. We'll be right back. Grandpa Bill here. Want to remind you, I'm here daily, each and every day. The Eight Sales Count Calculistic Healing Hour. Join us daily, seven days a week, 365 a year. We talk about all subjects, food, mind, body, and soul. Each and every day, we're blessed to be on all platforms. Where you hear any audio show, do you hear us at our YouTube channel, Bill Holt at 8792. Like us, share us, give us the thumbs up, subscribe. See you at the shows. Do join us. Continue paying it forward. Peace. Okay, <clears throat> deep calming breath. Let's segue into the final segment today. Thank you everybody for being there. However you got here, and however you got to this junction. In fact, including fast forwarding. Everybody does that. But with all due respect, as you would with comparing chainsaws, McCullough, and Husqvarna, or whatever, you're buying a house, a boat, a car, an airplane, whatever. Stay with me. As you listen to infomercials in that regard, in whatever, don't you go back and hash over the highlights so you don't miss anything in the interpretation. This all plays into sensory perception. There's a method to Grandpa Bill's madness. Stay with me, and I'll make that commentary a little bit, for sure, at the tail end of this final segment. So thank you for listening. We continue to revisit the history of radio itself, the invention of. We started that a few days ago, and then the onset of serial radio shows, and how. Relevant in Americana, especially in American history, how prevalent they were. Any of you worldwide where we have that exposure within your own culture to have the same premise for appreciation of radio shows? I'll talk about my studies of Mandarin culture and Chinese culture, highlighting the same premise in some other upcoming shows. So here, deep calming breath. Let's revisit and start to talk about the onset of radio podcasting. After the wonderful history of radio as the instrument in the medium, and then all those examples of radio serial or serial radio history, and then of course television in between, and then audiovisual, which is key to the theme, did. Video kill the radio star. I say no. So, the onset of and the legacy of radio podcasting emanating from serial dramas to podcasting. So, welcome back. Still within the confines. Again, however you got to this juncture, we're concluding. We're not there yet. Our journey through the fascinating world of radio by exploring the exciting bridge between its historical roots and the modern avatar that podcasting has become. Pun intended. How many avatars and logos, all good and all great, 
So is God, and let us thank Him for our food. Amen. So, from radio drama to podcasting, a legacy involving or evolving and involving evolving evolution. So, while the golden age of serial radio may have passed, the power of audio storytelling continued to thrive and does continue to thrive. Now, going back about 24 years ago, in the segment of this historical anthology, to podcasting, pioneered by visionaries like Adam Curry. Yep, that Adam Curry, the Godfather, Podfather, because he is from MTV back in the day, and David Weiner, very much an influential, an influencer in its infancy. Podcasting offers a dynamic and accessible medium. For creators and listeners alike, for sure, over that 24-year span, now you know into 2024. So, where is podcasting in 2024? It's a thriving medium. Today, in 2024, podcasting stands as a powerful and versatile medium, boasting millions of active listeners worldwide. It encompasses diverse genres, from educational deep dives. To hilarious comedy sketches, catering to an ever-expanding audience with specific interests and preferences, going through all generations. Good for all kids from one to ninety-two. A line I steal from my workouts from Geriatrics, aka Silver Streakers, where we talk everything about nutrition and health workouts. Exercise bands, free weights, predominantly to the Silver Streakers, aka, but good for all kids from one to ninety-two. This is about life as humanoids on this planet, regardless of age, and an appreciation for the history, in this case, of the radio and radio broadcasting that's so influential in all of our lives, no matter how young or old we are. I want to make sure that stays vibrant. For my legacy, which is why the Grandpa Bill moniker of the shows, the businesses, past tense in my life that I've done for my granddaughter Ada. All of these themes, my guests, the subject matters, women's rights and health, many, many guests in that category, <laughs> to include Isabella Thor, who will join me Thursday for her second performance and appearance. And we're going to do a, at least a 12-month session, moving out and way beyond that. Those are the people that are going to personify and help me in this study. Semantics. Now, you know, we're in the last week, handful of days, leap year, of course, of February. As March begins and then end of February, in this last handful of shows, concentrating on radio podcasting for a reason. I want to rejuvenate things we talk about in the guided meditations, where I'm an audience member. It's my therapy by the wordsmith himself and tour our supreme, Seth Lee Przanski, where I practice these things in listening capacity, pun on listening and manifestation. It plays to the holistic healing hour themes of so many topics that we discuss here. Food for the mind, the body, and the soul. So, podcasting. Back to Adam Curry and 
David Weiner a little bit. They are indeed the innovators. But flash forwarding now, 2024. I want to springboard from that. Always revisiting history to make sure that where we are now is moving forward progressively. So the synergy of audio and visual is indeed a powerful combination. Interestingly, the rise of audio-visual podcasts further blurs the lines. And listen, there's different connotations of the word blurs as well. Bear with me. It often blurs the lines between transitional and traditional radio and modern content creation. These podcasts, meaning this one, hopefully perceived as such, in combination with the many millions that are out there, combine the captivating power of audio storytelling with the visual engagement of video, of course. And offering a richer and more immersive experience for my listeners and our listeners. So, podcasting, audio storytelling, evolution of the radio, new media, content creation, audio-visual podcasts, from radio dramas to podcasts, the enduring power of audio storyteller, Adam Curry and David Weiner, or Winner. W-I-N-E-R, I believe it's Weiner, pioneering the podcasting revolution. Podcasting in 2024, a thriving medium, and its future, and its future. That's where I need your help in the interactive polls here. The questions that I asked in the description of today's show, I'll repeat them again in a moment. The rise of audio-visual podcasts, the new chapter in storytelling, and the legacy of radio. It's just another legacy, like much of the history that we need to preserve, and we need to discover the truth in all history. What have we been led to believe in history? On whose say so? <laughs> These are documentable, viable modicums of. History that are documentable. So as we conclude this exploration, remember that the spirit of radio continues to evolve, evolve, involve, but evolve and inspire. I need the involvement that are going to be dramatic in this study and bringing it home. I have provocative guests. I've been blessed. Tim Doyle is next up. We're probably going to do a video, Tim and I, tomorrow at taping. We will be doing a radio show based around his availability to do so. He's going to help me out with this. He's definitely provocative, and will help accentuate the audio part of extrapolating all information, much like the Golden Ones Galactic studies that I do through the membership program. At the path to oneness, where he's created and developed 150 MP3s, converted over when you decide to become a member. If you do, I'm a member. I'm blessed. We'll be isolating more and more on that. Provocative guest Byron Athene comes up Thursday evening for what is his seventh overall appearance, his second this year. 
He'll be masterful over the airwaves because he's masterful both video-wise. He'll accentuate this. Isabella Four indoctrinated revisiting the radio airwaves with me a couple of weeks ago. She's going to do this series. We will、uh, have her on audio and visually up. Coming. I want to do this 30, 60, 90 day study predominantly over the radio airwaves. Upcoming guest Madonna Hannah from last year will be my first scheduled guest as March becomes on the sixth. I'm working with many agencies, and many things may come before that. And then Kate Sanks, Songheart, Strongheart, I should say. A guest of mine last year is coming back for an appearance. I believe it's March 20th and/or 26th, without having my calendar in front of me. So many, many provocative guests are going to help me on this audio expansion, and of course, they all have open invites, and we will do visuals as well.、I'm、working on something, so stay with me on that.、I、need you guys and gals' help. So. Let's take a really deep, calming breath and start to segue out here on the show today by just revisiting the description of. I think it's a great place to end today's episode and continue tomorrow. So, from radio dramas to podcasts, the enduring power of audio storytelling. We hopefully got ready for sure in this show today. And did have a mind-expanding episode, hopefully perceived as such, of the BA Sales Chemical Holistic Healing Hour. You did join me if you're here to do so. Again, teasingly, however you got to this point, stay with me. As I did delve into the magic of audio storytelling, we did explore how the captivating voices of radio dramas did pave the way for today's thriving podcast scene. We did discover the unique way sound engages our imaginations and how it does. Trigger powerful memories and emotions, and I've even shared some secrets on using sound to create unforgettable storytelling experiences. Being a frustrated comic and somewhat emulating heroes like Samuel Clemens and Will Rogers, with my own down east humor or whatever, and we'll revisit that as well communally, arm in arm. So, two probing questions for today. Need your help. Please answer them at the board. Can you recall a time when a podcast made you feel like you were right there in the story? What elements made it so immersive? Especially if it was an audio version. That's the key point here. You had to envision, create as you listen to any audio podcast show. What are you visioning? What are you seeing? What are you creating as you're hovering, hopefully, on those guests? And those hosts, whomever they may be. So, can you recall a time when a podcast, especially audio-wise, but also video-wise, because it plays to the senses? So, the question is: Can you recall a time when a podcast made you feel like you were right there in the story? What elements made you feel that way, and became so immersive for you? And how did listening to a story, listening? As opposed to seeing it and listening, maybe accentuate the reading from the watching it. Which do you find more impactful, and why? So, how does listening to a story 
different from reading and/or watching it? And which do you find more impactful, and why? Those are great interactive questions to formulate to ask my guests. We're getting towards having, hopefully, some live Q and A's with your help with my guests, and they have provocative guests. They come ready. <clears throat> my job is to do the research on each and every upcoming guest about their books. And suggest probing questions within the confines of, and I do preludes and overviews of all my guests. Hopefully, disseminating, separating, whatever. There's lots of us out here, <laughs> the millions of us as podcasters. Help me rise to the surface, not for podcaster of the year. Those are all great and all of that. Please understand. This is an informational website. My capacity is the porcelain junction box. I do okay behind the mic. I'm not a professional podcaster. I'm not a gifted voiced podcaster. My countenance is my countenance. My appearance is my appearance. My organic show is truly organic in all of that, and I'm damn proud of it. And fight to keep it that way. It's the message. I'm in no way, shape, or form a messenger. I'm the porcelain junction box. Hopefully, proceed as a harbinger of good information. That'll never be a universal consensus. Those of you that are here via invite on the other shows, thank you for nurturing your audiences and formulating. Those teams were applicable over at my other shows, the business shows, and so forth. Mostly in life, my main mentor moments. But we do talk about part-time market sharing. And anybody that's looking to join my team or has an interest or whatever, it's all self-explanatory, and we'll talk about that there as well as health and wealth. Two membership-based opportunities: CTFO, Changing the Future Outcome. I'm a client, 68 months and counting, and ready for. My next series of auto ships, as March becomes, just received my February ones in both instances and did unboxings of both my animal collection coins in the coin series, and also other coins of value. And we talk about gold and silver in the alchemist categories too. Again, many categories of food for the mind, the body, and the soul. Meditation, Reiki, Tai Chi, Qigong. Food for the mind, the body, and the soul, with expertise in all of the above. Butchers, bakers, candlestick makers, authors, psychotherapists—a wide gamut of topics and subjects. Women and men's health, comedy, apothecary medicine. We are one star seed at a time. Grow together with many intuitive groups that I'll continue to talk about as the year fetters out. Their networking, our networking, their social media, our social media. We do it communally, arm in arm. Everybody knows somebody up against it, contemplating what's going on before us. No anxiety. That's counterintuitive to good health. But everybody should be aware of all wild animals being driven out of their environments worldwide. Domesticated pet,、uh, pets being challenged in other ways, food sources. Feral animals, for sure. 
domesticated pets, they're people, plants in this planet. We're at a precipice where so many good things can, and I still feel will. That Davis old movie, it's going to be a bumpy ride. Buckle up. It's going to be some ripples in the water. Stay on the love boat, Captain Stubing. Let them drive the ship. Go for look right, and whatever the bartender's name, Barney, look left. Stay the course. Join us each and every day. We build one star seed at a time. The big patchwork quilt that apothecary holistic medicine is, in synchronicity, and synergistically, many modalities, many mediums, many platforms. Let's accentuate them all. Let's revisit, especially the deaf, dumb, and blind kid here. We got the blind part a little bit resolved. The hearing and auditory is coming, but we're listen, people, to what I say. Hermans, Hermans, make it a safe and productive day. Bye bye for now, and may God bless. Peace, everybody. <laughs>